Hey, this is Beth. And this is Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Today, we're talking with Calvin Noel. He's going to be sharing with us about what his experience has been as a type nine, as a black man in America, owning his own business as well as a participant in the Christian music industry. Well, Calvin, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast this month. And just a little back, a little context, you know, we've relatively new to each other. We've met each other, I guess it was uh, towards the uh, middle of last year and a project that Beth and I are working on kind of behind the scenes. Uh, and Calvin was brought up as a great resource. And we just had a fantastic lunch with Calvin and his yes, team. Uh, your team loves you a lot. They, man, they have great appreciation for you. It was a really fun lunch. But uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Um, uh, tell us your Enneagram type. Tell us about what you do. Tell us about your family, where you grew up, all the interesting things. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, looking forward to this conversation. But uh, for those that are listening, I am recently discovered that I'm a nine. I used to wrestle between a one and a nine. And more recently, I found out that I think that I'm a nine with a little wing <laughs> of one. And so I'm kind of new to the Enneagram world. Um, but I live here in Nashville for 20 years. I just celebrated my 20th anniversary wow. here. Um, this past week, and I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. So I've been down here for 20 years, and I run a, a marketing advertising agency called Come On Creative, and we are based out of Franklin. And then I also do music on the when I say on the side, but I also travel on the weekends with some um, nationally known recording artists um, as well. And so uh, I do that. I have a real busy life, and. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm happy right now. Yeah. So that's awesome because I, I love doing what I'm yeah. passionate right. to do. Now, in in identifying what that passion is to own your own business, to uh, hire your mm-hmm. own team as a marketing agency, compared to what it was like for you growing up, I mean, would you have ever dreamed to be in the position that you're in now? You know, I tell people, well, here's the deal with me: if you hear me sing. And people are like, and I don't mean this arrogantly. I really do mean this humbly, but like being a professional singer, people would say, oh my gosh, you need to sing professionally. You just need to do that. You don't need to do anything else. And I would get frustrated when people don't see this other side of Mm -hmm. me that I've been nurturing since I was four. Mm -hmm. So when I was four years old, I used to watch the TV show Bewitched Mm -hmm. and I loved it. (laughs) And, um, and the reason why I loved Bewitched is I love with, uh, the husband on the show, uh, Darren Stevens, he was an advertising executive Mm -hmm. and he would go into work and make up these campaigns and strategies. And I just, as a kid, I just loved it, you know? So I've always said when I was little that I wanted to be in advertising And that was always my focus growing up, but I never knew that I could sing. And so I didn't know I could sing till college. So what happened is when you find out that you have this gift and you have it pretty profoundly, I was kind of in a conundrum of like, wait, should I be doing marketing or should I be singing? Mm -hmm. So I've kind of had that tension with both. Mm -hmm. And 
I think I'm more passionate about the marketing nice. <laughs> yes. than I am the singing. I think I live and breathe marketing more, but what I do love now is being able to do both. Mm. I, I, I like how, well, I, I hate how the world tells me you got to be ABC and I'm loving that I'm a D all the above. Yes. Like, that makes <laughs> me feel that makes me feel good to say, no, I'm a, I'll do it all, yes. you know, and I'm not going to let you tell me that I can't. Yeah. So. I love you it. Know, it's interesting, <laughs> Calvin. And um, the, I remember in our lunch conversation previously that there, there were not a lot of probably black role models within advertising. Is that, I remember you sharing that with me. Is yes. that correct? Yes. The more I studied it, the more I looked at it and growing up. Um, and if you do the, 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 the research, um, advertising agencies, the the number of minorities in advertising businesses, and I'm not just talking about people. Everybody kind of says they do marketing right now. I'm talking like if you really do the advertising industry and mm-hmm. you have real advertising agencies, the number of minorities are like astoundingly low. And even to the point where people aren't even going to school for advertising, like it's just it's just missing. And so what happens is you don't have a lot of diversity in the advertising agency world. And so liking that career, but also knowing that there's not a lot of minorities comes with a lot of insecurities as a black man, you know, that's black and struggles with his weight. And, you know, you have all these things that you just don't feel like you can measure up mm-hmm. um, with this in, within this world of advertising. And so the older I get, the more I'm kind of like, you know what? No, <laughs> I belong here too, daggone it, you know? <laughs> and so that's kind of how I've been recently. But majority of my life, I've kind of probably felt like I need to fit into a box. I need to be the Calvin that speaks like a white man, you know, Hmm. I need to come into a room and say, hi, Jeff. Hi, Beth. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Thank you. Versus being like, yo, what's up, Jeff? You know what I'm saying? Come on, Beth. How you doing? You know, I want to do that more so than I do the other. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for most of my life, I was doing well, Calvin, you know, you got to give 200% to be considered equal you know, it's not an equal world, but the only way black people get heard mm-hmm. is to give 200%. Mm-hmm. Now, if I give 150% and Jeff gives 100%, it's still not equal for me. Mm-hmm. I'm only considered equal until I go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. That's the feel, That's the narrative that you feel. Yeah. And that's just what I felt of like, you know, man, I got to be so together. I got to be a size 34 waist. I got to look, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and talk a certain way to really be heard and seen. And that, yeah. that's where I had a lot of stress around all that. I just kind of want to point out a few things that he had said that I thought was, you know, very telling. And I know because the reason why I want to do this was one, Calvin, I know you're still newer to the Enneagram. And but for those that are listening mm-hmm. is as you're talking, that's that's that can be a very nine-ish thing, but also for um, the circumstances that you were experiencing as a black man. So it's a both. But as a nine, it feels like we have to be all things to all people. That That's a very nine-ish yeah. thing. And we're actually pretty good and gifted at it. Like we we hone in on, okay, who am I around? And, you know, how yes. can I meet, you know, their needs? How can I come alongside? How can I accommodate? Yes. Um, 
But there's inside us that longing, like, but do you see me? You know, does my presence right. matter? And, you know, I, and we kind of almost want people to see behind, let's say, this facade, this accommodating facade, and see the real yeah. us and go, oh my gosh, I see you. Kind of like you were saying about advertising, to see behind even the music and go, I see your passion. I see what you have developed all these years within you, and I want you to step out. Like, what what would that have been like had someone said it like that for you? It would have just been amazing. It, I would have been able to uh, figure it out. You know, I, I always struggle and I love this quote. Um, you can't connect the dots until you con- collect the dots. Mm. And so a lot of times I've seen myself trying to connect the dots, but didn't have all the dots. Mm-hmm. And if somebody would have told me in college, like, yeah, I know you just found out that you can sing, but here's the beauty. You can do both. Yes. Oh, why did nobody tell me I could do both? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They just, so I was, I was always told you got to focus on which one it's going to be. Are you going to be a singer or are you going to be a marketer? But now in the world that we live in technology, it's like you can do both. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that's where I started to have the awakening of like, oh, yeah. yeah. But also I, I think the, as you're you know, growing and you're transforming as a human, as a person, the nine starts to see, wait, I do have value. I have purpose. I have meaning. And they they almost kind of get a a stubborn, well, nines are very stubborn. I don't know if Jeff knows this. Mm-hmm. I'm just revealing new, yeah. new new stuff, right? <laughs> I've never experienced you as stubborn. No. Well, that's, I, that's I found good. you a delight for 25, <laughs> 25 years. years. <laughs> um, but we can be very stubborn, and it's usually around what we don't want to do. And so, yes. um, because most of the time we don't know what we want to do. Um, but when we become healthy and we see, wait a second, I have so much to offer. Like we're the jack of all trades, sometimes yes. not the master of any. Now, some of us can become that, but we can do so mm-hmm. many things, but we feel like, oh, wait, I have to just give what this person wants and what that person wants. And then when we mature, we start realizing, wait a second. I have a lot to offer in a bunch of different categories and I'm going to just be me. Now, of course, internally, the nine part of us is going, what? No, what if this happens? Or what if someone gets upset? But that's where the mature part, the the Christ redeemed part says, no, he has called us to many things and we can do many things well. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. 
Join today. Yeah, and that's how I feel right now. Like I'm in peace, peaceful land when I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm gonna do both. And that's just a maturity that I've just recently started to walk in. You know, one of my things that I just said this year, I think I'm okay with not being liked by everyone. Mm-hmm. Normally I love to be liked and accepted. Yes. But I'm just like, I'm Calvin. Like even why I named my my business, Come On Creative, you know, I worked at other agencies and so we're a newer agency. And I thought, you know, maybe I should use my last name and my mother's last name, Noelle Brown, you know, should I be something fancy to be accepted? And then I was getting ready to go try to make some fancy name. And then friends are like, Calvin, every time I'm around you, you're just like, come on, Tom. Come on, Walt. Come on. <laughs> you know, like that. And it's like, why don't you just, you say it all the time. Why don't you just be? And I said, you know what? I want to be who I am with this agency mm-hmm. this time. I want to just be, yeah, we're come on creative. My goal is to make you say with by what we produce, you say, come on. I love this. Yes. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, that's great. So I, I just am at that point where I'm recently saying, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's a, a good segue into this uh, next question that we have for you. Is it, could, would you be willing to share some of your experience of being a black business owner with a thriving marketing agency? Like what kind of uh, opposition hurdles uh, have you faced? What's hard and hurdles that I've been facing is, is just business development is like, all right. So it's one thing when everybody's calling you, you can feel, you can, that's easy. When you have to go out and get work or talk to people, you just have this pressure of, all right, let me go to how the, 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 the big agencies or the white agencies or ever, however they do it, let me do that. The pressure you feel is like, I need to hire white people um, to be, to get the business. If I have an agency that's all black, we're not going to get the work. So I have to, I have to diversify, you know, um, but I think this year was the first time that I, you know, we just hired a a black employee. um, And I just was like, no, I need to balance it out. Like I have most of the people that work for me are white, you know, but I started this year saying like, now let's really diversify this thing. And I'm okay with it all not being, you know, white males in advertising, but that's the pressure that I feel from this industry. You, if you want to play the game, you have to kind of be like them, mm. you know? Um, and that's been really tough for me. And so even, you know, last year I just started the agency and, you know, uh, in April of last year. And when we, there was that day that they had the blackout with the mm-hmm. with the riots and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I saw everybody blacking out on their pages, you know, and they do it on Martin Luther King. Everybody Googles a Martin Luther King image. And I just was, I get frustrated and I get, I, I was getting upset because I feel like people were just doing this for a quota or just to kind of say, Hey, I did my, my, my work. Mm-hmm. I posted Martin Luther King. So I started writing on different ad agencies like, are you going to do more than just post? You know, are you do you do mentorship? Do you do anything? You know, and I just said it and I didn't say it mean or anything. I just wrote that comment. And one of the largest agencies in the country, 
um, the CEO reached out to me and said, yes, I would love to mentor you. And so, I mean, he has a thousand employees, you know, and he mentors me and, um, you know, regularly. And it's been great. And I've been learning a lot, um, but I've never had anyone to show me the, the way, you know, it's always mm-hmm. like I felt like I need to create my own way you know, with who I know, they don't really call. So as a black business owner, I felt this pressure. And so now I'm trying to just balance of being who I am, but also knowing, is this a self-imposed pressure that I'm feeling that I shouldn't, or should I just just continue being who I am, you know, and get business that yeah. way? Does that make sense? No, it does. Now, one of the things okay. uh, in a conversation that we had earlier and, it seems like this is a new season for you where you've been much more intentional. And so knowing the obstacles that you're facing, knowing what's happening here in the United States um, most recently, it sounds like there's kind of this new part of your life where you're much more intentional, you're much more vocal to engage with life. Tell us what that's been like for you. What was the transition for you to go from maybe the nine that wouldn't have said something to, no, I'm going to initiate into my life and make things happen? I think I started realizing years ago that if you're not being a solution, you're a problem. Mm -hmm. So I look at the world as there's solutions and there's problems. I feel like with my faith, God created us to be solutions to a problem. Jesus was a solution to a problem. You know, and 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 so I, my faith kind of says, Calvin, are you being a solution? And so I've I've done a lot of little inventory about who I am, and um, and I've realized that I'm a bridge. I love diversity. I love connecting people, and I realized I said, you know, I'm really a bridge. But as I've been chewing on that for the last few years. I started to realize, wait a minute, bridges get walked on, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, so I've, I've dealt with that little issue. But then I started to realize, too, in the last year, I said, bridges have to be balanced yep. before you to cross. Yep. And if the bridge is not balanced, it's a ramp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a ramp. You can go right down into the water. And so in this last year, I've been like, even on the political front, I've just been so frustrated because, not so frustrated, let me take that back. I've just been disappointed with the lack of balance that I've seen in our political landscape of people. You know, I think I'm kind of like, yeah, you should be able to say, oh, I love what Trump did here. Ooh, I hate that. Mm. Love what Biden did there. Ooh, I hate that. I I feel like you should be able to acknowledge and be balanced. <clears throat> and so some of the things that I have done, I have, I, everybody right now has different political <laughs> views. But one of the things was I'm really, I've been really quiet on social media about all of that stuff. I don't post about it because one, I have such a diverse following that I'm like, I can't alienate this person and this person and this person. And that's why I wish people were diverse. I think if you were diverse, you wouldn't say the things that you would just say on social media if you knew you had 25 Black friends that are watching, or if you knew you had somebody that was struggle with their sexual orientation, or if you had if you had a diverse offering of people that you interact life with, you would kind of watch it. And so 
because I do that, I have never really said much on social media at all. So I've kind of went to that extreme. Now, this year, I felt like I needed to say some things to people and, and to confront, you know, ideologies and be balanced. But I decided to do it personally. Mm. I decided to do it one-on-one. And I've had friends and we've had really long, strong discussions about our different opinions politically. But what's been every conversation that I've intentionally had with people, we 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 become closer. Mm-hmm. You know, just even last night I'm I'm hanging with somebody on the day of the inauguration. And we think totally different. Mm -hmm. And we had dinner and great and we didn't talk about it. And at the end of the night, we can joke about it. And I just think there's something great about accepting differences. Yeah. You know, you don't have to look like me. You don't have to agree with me. We can agree to disagree, but we are, we're celebrating the growth. Like, wow, we really are on the opposite pole Mm. of our thinking. But you know what's cool? we're still friends and we're still having conversations and we're still growing. And honestly, we're still learning from one another. And so that's where I get really passionate about of saying like, you know, what is balance, you know, for me to stay quiet is being in balance for me to start speaking up a little bit more, you know, is going to help me, you know, Mm -hmm. achieve that balance that I'm looking for. Uh, So Calvin recently, uh, you had you you're in a congregation where a pastor's mm-hmm. comment uh, grabbed some attention, and it was I, I believe it was a political in nature, and um, so there was some media attention to it. But there, your experience may be like many people of color's experience in predominantly white congregations, where mm-hmm. wait a minute, my pastor just said something that is offensive, disturbing, uh, or unhelpful. What do I do? What was that experience like for you? It didn't bother me in my core because I'm close and I have a relationship with the person and I know their heart and I know their intention. So um, I attend a church where it, 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 it skews on a certain political side, you know, heavy. <laughs> And that may be an understatement, Calvin. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, I'm just thinking of uh, that that particular community as a whole. I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, listen. Like, (laughs) let me just let me just go ahead and say this because I live open, and I'm just kind of like, it is what it is. You guys, I love you, but you know, my church um, skews very Republican. You know, very conservative. It's it is what it is, and I go to a large church for those that are listening. I go to a large church that's predominantly white, um, where I guess you can call it a mega church. You know, we yeah. have, you know, anywhere over 5,000 people on roll. Yeah. And our minority demographic is really small. Um, it might be 10 of us max, you know, <laughs> but I've been, a, but I've been, a, <laughs> but I've been a member. <laughs> I might, I've been a member there for 18 years. Wow. So they are great. So I, that's the one thing that I just know, you know, they're so accepting and they love me and everything like that. But I will say that in just my evangelical circle of friends, every time there is an election, I I always feel a certain kind of way. Like, man, I don't know if I agree with this or I agree with that. 
But in, as regards to my pastor, I have conversations all the time. And we talk about what we disagree with and how I think. And he's never, ever made me feel like I'm wrong or, you know, I'm on the wrong side of God's decisions. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. always felt like I can have my own opinion and be different. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when he makes a statement, I, I, I feel like it was misconstrued by the media because mm-hmm. I don't think people really heard what he said and how he say it. The thing is, he's a passionate person. So because he's a passionate person, you know where he stands, kind of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you really look at what he said, he didn't say anything Hmm. with the wrong intentions. And what I love about him, the things that he did have wrong, he said, hey, I had that wrong. And if you get it wrong, I think you should apologize. Mm -hmm. And he did that. You know what I mean? He did that. And so... Um, but when I initially heard it, I didn't think anything was wrong. You know, I didn't think anything was wrong with what he said. I just probably was like, well, I might not have just been in town. You know what I mean? Hmm. I probably wouldn't have went, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but that's, that's the only thing that that was different that I thought. I didn't think anything about what he said was wrong. And he was just basically trying to tell our congregation, say, Hey, I'm here in DC you know, I'm good. Everything's fine. I just want to let you know I'm safe. I've been in the room since 11 a.m. And everything that I've seen has been kind of good. Mm-hmm. I've just seen people doing this and this. And he's just kind of saying some people said that reports are saying that it might be this people that are doing it. or And so he was just trying to trying to just update. You know, yeah. I could see the hard intention was he's really just saying this to be yeah. kind, mm-hmm. you know, and to help people. So it but then it like, turned into this little firestorm. Yeah, it sounds like you, because you have a relationship, because you've had conversations right. about difficult topics, that when something like this happens or something is said, that there's more charity and understanding. Um, totally. Which, I mean, and I'm real big on empathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but it speaks a lot to uh, pastors of predominantly white churches that to have personal uh, relationships to be open in communication that's where you're learning about what how your words are landing how your leadership is landing upon those of of color who are in your congregation it really matters and i was it really does you know and i would say this four years ago um before trump is even elected you know he had made a comment. We were talking about the elections and then he was just like, man, how can people vote for this person or that person? Me and him are having a conversation. And one of the things that I really felt strongly about, I said, well, listen, Pastor, here's what I think. I think people vote for what they value. If you value uh, pro-life or abortion, you're going to vote for that. If you vote for health care because your mom has cancer and you want this policy, you're going to vote for that. If you vote for, if you value equality, you're going to vote for equality first. You know what I mean? Like, I think people vote for what they really value. And I think what I've learned in this is let a kindergartner be a kindergartner with their vote. You may be in the eighth grade and look at them and say, well, you could do better. That's not right. Well, let them make their decision being in kindergarten. They're doing the best with what they have, the information. They may be limited, but they're doing their best decision to make a, a, a great 
decision on who to vote for. Now, you may be in eighth grade with more knowledge, but somebody in 12th grade is looking at you saying, well, you don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) Mr. Eighth Grader, because that's not true either. And then somebody with a doctorate is looking at a 12th grader is like, "Uh, I hate to tell you, you don't know what you're talking about either. (laughs) You know, so I think it just comes to a point where I'm like, let people vote for what they value. Let the chips land where they may. And then we need to adjust and pivot and say, okay, well, this is our president. Maybe it wasn't who I wanted, but this is who it is. And I'm going to get in line with that and try to be in agreement versus being like, uh, here we go. Four more years of this, <laughs> you know? And so that's where I feel. As I hear Calvin speaking, I mean, I, I hear a strong nine voice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> fun to listen to. What, he, what he's saying. Ah, it just, it, well, one is a nine. It's, it's so one inspiring. Cause it's like, yeah, just go for it. Say it, Calvin. Um, because a lot of us nines think that, but we don't say it. And we are yeah. quiet on social media. A lot of times until we have, the internal strength of knowing, no, my voice matters, my presence matters, because we'll speak, but we'll speak with kindness. We'll we'll be strong, yes. but it will be gentle. Um, and um, we we see that there is the need for, hey, everyone, we don't have to be at extremes. Why can't yes. we all come at this table, this round table together and talk and learn and grow together? Just like you said, we're not all going to get it right. That's God himself. We're working mm-hmm. this out uh, you know, together here. And how can right. we, um, how can we come together? And so what I have always thought is like nines, if there's any time to show up, it is now. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is, is now. now to be strong, to to say what needs to be said, to bring harmony, to bring peace, um, and to show the world that, yes, we can have differences and unity at the same time. Exactly. And, I, and you're so right, Beth, because one of the things that I've been feeling, it's time for me to tell people we need balance yes. and we need empathy. Yes, I think if you would just take on somebody else's shoes, mm-hmm. understand their perspective, you can get why they come up with that answer of yeah. like, that kind of makes sense. Like, I, I feel you on that. Because you've went through this and that makes sense. I'm not, you're not right or wrong. I just, I, I can understand. Yeah. And so because I'm more empathetic, I can be at a church that uh, views things differently than I do Mm -hmm. because I, I I understand the perspective, but at the same time, I realize that they've never tried to shut me out. I've, I've always been able to be who I am at this white church for 18 years. (laughs) I've never had to be something that I wasn't to be accepted there. And so that's why I love it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, too, I always say this. You can't make make withdrawals without making deposits. Mm-hmm. When you make deposits into people's lives and then there's a withdrawal of something you agree or disagree with, the, the account is still great because <laughs> the deposits outweigh the withdrawals. And so I, I go to a church that have been amazing to me. Pastor is amazing. And he they love me unconditionally. You know, we may have different thoughts about how God wants to do things in the world through a certain party, but I ain't going nowhere just because Mm -hmm. he voted differently than I might Mm -hmm. have. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, just, you know, for others to kind of know and to recognize that the nines are actually some of the strongest on the Enneagram. We won't look like it because we, we look humble. We, and especially when we're not healthy, we, um, we hide, we, um, we lose ourselves. We don't even know what we want, but when there is clarity and when there's passion and we sense God's calling in whatever category it is, there is this force that propels us forward and we'll do it mm-hmm. in a kind, nice way, but we're unstoppable. And it and it's a beautiful right. thing to experience within ourselves, but I know also mm-hmm. others greatly appreciate when we show up. And so I'm I'm really enjoying hearing from you and seeing how God has brought this knowledge and this wisdom that your voice matters, your presence matters, just how right. he made you, that you're not anyone else, that you're Calvin. Yeah. And Calvin is right. is uh, plowing a path that is blessing others. Amen. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, it took a, it's been a long journey to get to this point, but I'm, I'm starting to feel good about the position that I'm taking on things and, and I'm finding my voice, you know, uh, in the world. And so I'm excited. It does come with some fear, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. I remember um, last year, I'm a huge Oprah Winfrey fan. She's like my mother. She doesn't realize it, but (laughs) she's my mother, you know? And she said something, I went to her conference last year and I was, you know, I'm a real big, uh, what's my new word for the new year. Mm -hmm. And so I was going into 2020, like, oh my gosh, this is 2020. What, who am I? What am I going to do? And she said a word that just changed my life. And she was just talking. And at the end of her talk, she said, this is the year where you need to bet on yourself. Mm. She said, bet on yourself and double down on it. Like just put all your money on you. And when she said that, I just was like, man, I feel that like, I want to bet on myself. And so in the last year, even with starting my agency again, and, you know, coming from other agencies, I just am like, I'm, I'm going to bet on me. I'm going to bet on myself. And mm-hmm. I've been feeling really good about where I think life is headed just because I finally believe in myself. And here's another thing that I was going to say for this year. Um, we, we just launched a little puppet YouTube series on YouTube. It's called Make Belief. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's like my alter ego. His name is Cal Kelly. And it's all about marketing. And, you know, I've always heard the word make believe. But I feel like this is the year that I need to make belief. Like, I don't think that Mm. belief is just something you feel. I think it's something you decide, Mm. you know. And so I'm kind of been trying to encourage people. You're going to have to create the belief. You're going to have to create and make it. You got to make your belief happen is what I've been doing this year. And so now as I do that, I'm starting to see like, oh, that's how you do that. You just decide to believe. Mm -hmm. You decide to be confident. You don't feel confidence. You decide it, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so these are the things that I'm learning and these are the things that makes me want to change all over on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I'm learning things but that really hit me. Why, why I love this conversation is if a type eight is listening or a seven or a three or a one or, you know, kind of almost all the types, they're sitting there going, 
well, why don't you just do it? Like, why, why, have, you, why have you been waiting all this time? And as this nines, it's like, what do you mean why I've been waiting? I've been, you know, going along to get along or accommodating or, you know, merging with other mm-hmm. cultures or peoples or businesses. I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out. And everyone else is like, just go and do. And, but what you're saying is, no, I finally learned that God created me a very specific way and I'm finally betting on it. I'm stepping out, I'm trusting it, and I'm seeing things happen that I've never seen before. And Exactly. But a lot of people or people are, I guess in the Christian world might hear it as, you're betting on yourself, why not bet on God? And it's like, no, you are betting on God who created you. The God in me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who created you this certain way. But this whole time as nines have thought, I'm not good enough. I need to be something else, or I need to be a little bit more like this or a little bit more like that. And what you're saying is I've woken up that God created me to be me and there's so much to offer. And I'm betting on that. I'm betting on what he has done and is doing in me. Exactly. That's it, Beth. You nailed it. I mean, (laughs) we could take an offering right there. That was it. We could could (laughs) high five through Zoom, right? (laughs) Yes, high five. (laughs) But but that's why it's so fun with the Enneagram to kind of nuance these things because other people are going to listen to what you just said and not get it, right? They're going to, you know, especially like a three, it's like, hey, if you have a plan, you just go for it. Here's, you know, you, you make, um, you know, a goal and you make it happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And as nines are like, no, that's, there's so many other things to consider. So I just think it's great for the other Enneagram types to hear a successful Mm -hmm. man who is um, recognizing how God created you unique and how much you bring to the world and you're seeing it, you're believing it, you're trusting it and you're making it happen. You're taking those steps. And when you do the wake of your type nine path reaps so much rewards for others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think you nailed it. I think that's that, that thank you for saying that because you said it so eloquently and, it just kind of confirms what I feel about myself. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's the season I'm in. I'm going to make it happen. I'm, you know, I always pretend growing up, you know, like I said, I advertise, I'm always dreaming like, oh man, what if I, I'm a daydreamer, but you know, people, I was talking to a friend, we were told as a kid to stop daydreaming, <laughs> you know, like, no, don't stop. Like that, there was something about me mm-hmm. that loved to dream. Yes. You know, I love to dream big. I love to man, what if one day I could be friends with Michael Jackson? Or what if I could, you know, I've always been that kind of person that just kind of make-believe, go to make-believe land. Yes. <laughs> and I love it. I now I'm That's just like, nines. No, I want to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we love to daydream and, and conceptualize and idealize what could be. But then putting that first step in front and then taking the next, that's where it gets hard. And that's where yeah. you're at. And so the the core longing of the type nine, the message our heart longs to hear is your presence matters. So how does that message personally affect you as a black man in America? I I just think everybody wants to be seen, heard, and valued. Mm-hmm. Do what does what I say, do you care? It's just something so like we just want to feel seen and heard and valued. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, you know, I didn't learn these phrases about being seen and heard and valued till I started following Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And Brene Brown had become like a fan of mine 
I mean, not a fan of mine. I'm a fan of hers. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, I become yeah. a fan of hers. She follows me on Instagram, but I don't mean that she's a fan of mine. I, I meant I've always been a fan of hers. Yeah. And I met her for the, this is, I've never told this story before. I met Brene Brown at the Grand Ole Opry. Hmm. <clears throat> and we were backstage at the Grand Ole Opry and with some mutual friends. And I had showed her, um, a project that I was working on a documentary about my life and it was called I'm done drowning hmm. and it was me underwater it was a picture of me underwater it looked like a movie poster but I showed her this and she said something to me that I just never forget she just was like I see you and I like she just affirmed every, she saw who Calvin Noel was yes. and it brought me to tears. Yes. So I started tearing up and crying because she was seeing who I was. She took me and put my head on her chest and I'm up here crying like a baby wow. on Brene Brown's shoulder. And she took my hands and she said, I'm going to sing over you what my, when I met my Angelou for the first time, I met my Angelou and she sang this song to me. And she took my hands and then she started to sing over me that same feeling. And, you know, I, 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 I'm only mentioning it because I just remember that being a moment, like it feels good to be seen yes, and to be known. I felt known by the person that kind of <laughs> created that theology, <laughs> you know, of being seen, heard and valued. And so I, it is a thing that I feel it's so rewarding to know that my presence matters, you know, that people love me for who I am. And so that's what I'm trying to do more of with other people is, you know, show people that they matter. One of the things that I would say on diversity that I want people to look at their life, whether it's their job, their churches or their friendships, look at your life and ask who's missing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you ask who's missing, you'll realize that, wait a minute, God created us. He's diverse. He, if we're created in his image and he's diverse, you may look at your business and say, man, I don't think I have enough African-Americans. or I don't think I have enough Asian-Americans or Latinos, you know. And when you ask that question, who's missing, then just try and be intentional about building those bridges or those relationships with those cultures, and so that's where I look at my life and say, you know what, I think I could use some more Asians, you know, just to learn, you know, just to learn. And so I love letting people know that they matter, you know, and so that's that my pain has turned into my solution yeah. that I want to give to other people and let them know that, you know, you're worthy and that you matter as well. So. Wow. I don't know if yeah. that answers your question, but that's no, it. No, that is that is so good. It speaks to my heart, you know, and why we do all that we do here at your Enneagram coach. And at the end of the day, you know, we have all this information and tools, but mm-hmm. what satisfies each of our core longings is Jesus Christ. And right. <clears throat> you know, as you know, a type nine wanting to know that a presence matters, our voice matters, which is being seen, known, and valued is so important. And the gift that the nine can give to others 
is that very thing and to, mm-hmm. to be a vehicle of the gospel to others. Um, but we can't be that unless we fully understand how Christ has satisfied our core longing, that he left heaven to die or to be born in a stinky manger, die a brutal death and to rise mm-hmm. again in victory all because you matter. He brought you back into relationship with him. He reconciled and restored relationship. Not because he was like, "Eh, this, you know, I might want to do this. No, he thought Mm -hmm. of you intentionally. And when us nines recognize, I mean, all of us, but us nines recognize, I can't get that same uh, satisfaction from a human, from a career. I've tried. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. If we look back and drink from the spring of living water, and know mm-hmm. he came for me because I matter to him. It changes everything we see and do. And then it, we have to sit there and rest there because we'll forget and we'll wander off. But the truth always remains there. So we got to keep coming back, drinking of that same truth, and we'll be satisfied. And then once we're satisfied, it will overflow into the lives of others. Yes, you nailed it, Ben. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> you nailed We're it. We're speaking each other's language. Well, yeah, Kevin, it's so good to talk to you again. I had the best time at lunch, but man, it's it's been such an honor just yeah, to have you here. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And I just I, I, I love what you guys are doing, and I hope we can stay connected more this year. Yeah. Well, where can people find you? Like, what are some places? uh... Yeah, I'm on all the social media platforms at Calvin O'Well, N-O-W-E-L-L. And my company is Come On Creative, C-M-O-N Creative. And our company website is comeon.agency. Awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, you can find me there. Well, Calvin, it is a joy. Thank you so much for uh, being with us. Yeah, it was a really special time. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Well, in listening to Calvin's story and also Jessica's story from last week, I see a common thread that we can all relate to, which is the gospel reveals our need for Jesus and not to work harder. It is the gospel that transforms us. And we can hear the gospel throughout people's stories. We are the image of God and the gospel is lived out in our journeys. That's why it's important for us to continue this conversation on race, not just in February, but throughout the entire year.